This is an Anami podcast. I think a lot of people psych themselves out. You start to think, well, I have to have this amount. And if I don't have this amount, then I can't get started. And I would really say, you just have to start. The best way to start is to start. And so even if it's $10, $100, well, I think it's all about just building a mechanism, making it a habit. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the 9 to Fly podcast. I am your host, Sunia Elamina Flynance. And before we get into this episode, because as always, I'm bringing you a very special treat. I want to remind you to subscribe, okay? Subscribe and follow 9 to Fly pod across all social media platforms. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube if you haven't already. Today, I'm sitting down with some of my sister girls, okay, for a true key key on what it means to build wealth before 30. We don't hear enough stories of young women, especially not young Black women, who have achieved tremendous professional and financial success. So I'm bringing on two of my favorite girls and my wealthy friends <laughs> to share some wisdom and tips and really show you what can happen when you take control of your life, your finances, to get closer to the freedom that you want. So please welcome my guests, Evie and Gianni, to the show. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. <laughs> People listening may not know y'all's story, so give us a quick like introduction into who you are. Gianni, let's start with you. Okay, awesome. Well, I was a former elementary school teacher that became a software engineer and doing developer relations at a globally recognized tech company. Period. Okay. Oh. Evie, what about you? It's me. So I'm Evie. I started my career in HR and now I raise capital for a multi billion dollar hedge fund. Period. Yes, she girl. said B as in billion. B. B. Big B. Big B. Not the Big little B. one. Big B. Okay, period. Not the little that, one. That one. That one. And y'all know my story. I went from making $48,000 in 2017 to well over $200,000 as of 2023 as a product manager. And you know what unites all three of us is that we actually all went to college together, um, even though Evie didn't really fuck with us in college. Please. <laughs> Please. We Please. were literally talking about that last night. We were. Like, you we did were. not. But I'm, I'm glad that we are all in a sisterhood together. And, you know, I really consider you both my wealthy friends just because of the amount of like financial discipline that you both have and how it has manifested in your ability to create wealth at such a young age. So like, I want to know just like what inspired both of you in your wealth building journeys, especially being first generation um, and just coming from, you know, humble backgrounds. Like what inspired you to think, yeah, I'm gonna be a young boss. Yeah. What about you, Evan? Well, first off, me and Evie are both Haitian, so yes, no, our yes, moms do not girl. play. Can I okay? say Sapas? Sapasse. Yes, girl. I don't know what that means, but tell us. Um, okay. But my mom was a huge influence on my wealth building journey. Mm -hmm. So even though she had me when she was 19 years old, and at that time she hadn't gone to college, she was just so financially disciplined. It might be because she's a Capricorn, but my mom never played that, okay? Mm. She was always on top of things. I used to observe her just on the phone with bill companies or whoever, just taking records. Oh, what's your name? What's the ticket number? Mm. Just being so diligent about everything, having robust calendars, teaching me the, the importance of having great credit. So she was really the foundation for that. But what really moved me after college was seeing one of my friends who at that time was making less money than me, but 
we were renting an apartment together and we had to put our bank statements together. And this person was making, I want to say, 40 something thousand dollars at a nonprofit. And we were only two years out of college, but she had over $40,000 in savings. And I'm like, what are you doing? And at the time I was making around 60 something thousand as a teacher. And so she really inspired me to get on my Zoom and figure out what I needed to do to level up my finances. I love that. What about you, Abby? You know, actually a very similar story. My mother also Haitian. Let me say something something about Haitian people. We can never be bullied. We can never any of the above because your mother is strict. You know what I mean? And so my mom was someone who was always super diligent about same thing, sitting at the table, balancing her checkbook. We used to, I remember, I remember when she took me to open my first bank account and you know, those big baby bottles you have, like it's a giant bottle and you put like pennies and quarters and all that. Yeah. Yeah, We like sat one day and we rolled up all of the coins, all of it into those little like bank things that they give you. And we went to the bank and I had like $77 in pennies. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay, you're starting your bank account. Every time for Christmas that you get money, you can keep some of it, but you have to put some of it in your bank account. And she told me, she lied to me. She told me at the time that, um, oh, you're not allowed to, the bank doesn't let you take out any money until you're 18. So like, (laughs) yeah, you you can put the money in, but you know, sorry, the bank won't let you take it out. I came to learn that that was complete farce, but she just wanted me to get into the habit of saving. And I'm sure maybe Gianni agrees with this as well. We both went to independent schools in mm-hmm. New York yes. and an independent school is kind of it's the upper echelons of I like to say Lady O Jackie Kennedy went to my high school Lady Gaga went to my high school so yeah you kind of see Gossip Girl is based off of my high school and some of the mm-hmm. surrounding schools and I thought when I was younger I thought I was living a regular middle class life I thought mm. and then I went to school and I said oh mm. Some of you guys have drivers. Yeah. Some of you guys have lived in New York your whole life and have never been on the train. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys are, we're talking about different levels of money and it kind of opened my eyes to, oh, wow, there's a whole different side of the world that I just don't even know exists. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I really appreciate you both sharing those stories. Because I think a lot of us can relate that even if you don't come from money, doesn't mean that money can't come from you. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Also... How did y'all get the cash to start investing so early at such a young age? Because something that we haven't mentioned already is that y'all both own properties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Multiple properties. Mm -hmm. um, And none of us are 30 years old. And I think that that is just like so incredible. Um, How the hell did y'all free up cash to like invest (laughs) in properties? Yeah. Let the people know. Because I know that you both have used different programs and grants and other hacks. So... Gianni, let's start, because I know that this is something you've thought on before, too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So for me, when I first started investing in property, I was still a teacher. So my original set of capital actually came from my 403B, which is the nonprofit equivalent of a 401k. So I had been investing aggressively into my 403B. So by that time where I was ready to purchase a property, and mind you, I had decided a year before my purchase that I could actually purchase property sooner than I thought. And I remember at the time, the year beforehand, talking to one of my friends like, oh, if I save this much within five years, then maybe I can purchase this home. And then I was exposed to all of these different personal finance creators, like Kendra Barnes of The Key Resource, who Mm -hmm. 
really opened up my eyes to the different possibilities. So what I ended up doing was purchasing a multifamily property that really was was great. It was in an area that was just developing, also provided me with a lot of things that made it really lucrative, like being in an opportunity zone. So I had really low taxes. I had a tax abatement for uh, 10 years. That's still going. Mm. Also having air rights on the property so I could build up. And yes, I took out a, a small amount from my 403B and I used the FHA loan. So that is, I only had to put down 10% or sorry, I had to put down 3% mm. and the rest is history. Wow. That's huge. Evie, because I know you have multiple properties. Yeah, yeah. Miss <laughs> Landlord yeah. over here. Yeah. How did you get started? So I got started, again, kind of similar in terms of I was having a I went to a job fair. I already had a job, but my friend didn't. So I was still in college and my friend didn't. And so she was like, oh, come to this job fair with me. And so I came and I met this man there and he was into real estate and he had like already been investing and he was maybe 10 years older than us. And I was like, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, and I kept in touch with him. And from there, it just kind of snowballed. You know, I started yeah. to realize, actually, you don't need as much capital as I thought you need. Exactly. And I don't have to buy in New York because I can't afford New York. So because that was my <laughs> thing. It was like, you know, I yeah. want to buy here. And then I was like, well, why? You know, I can look at things a little bit differently. So I actually, I started my Roth IRA when I was in college mm -hmm. because I had, the company you keep is actually so important. I had been talking to someone and he mentioned it and he was like, yeah, you know, I have my, my, my IRA. And I was like, what is <laughs> so I IRA. went, I Googled it and I was like, okay, I should start investing. <clears throat> I should start doing that. I was just very diligent about, you know, putting money away, kind of practicing what my mother had taught me of just always save a little bit, always put some dollars aside. And really what I would say is actually the biggest thing is, I, after we graduated, I moved back home. Mm -hmm. I was not on the whole, I I'm a big girl. Days. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I remember those days. What a time. <laughs> what a time. But no, I didn't move out of my parents' house until I was 25. Mm -hmm. So not paying rent, you can actually save quite a bit of money when you're not paying rent, mm -hmm. you know? And so having that, that benefit of staying at home, of not really having too many, I had my phone bill and like, you know, the internet you know, phone, cable kind of thing. And so I wasn't paying big girl bills. So I was able to put a lot of money aside. And truly, like Gianni said, you don't need that much. I think on my first yeah. house, I put down 5%. And then on my multifamily, I actually leveraged my first house. I leveraged the equity in my first house to buy my next property. Period. Period. Okay, <laughs> you know, That's I'm only you. bringing y'all brilliant minds to this show. <laughs> I really appreciate both of your journeys because I think it really inspired me. You know, I, I definitely feel like seeing what both of you were doing in our 20s made me realize, dang, you know, we went to college together. I don't know what I was thinking about in college. <laughs> I was not thinking about Roth IRAs yeah. or building well. So I just really appreciate our sisterhood. And I feel like even now, you know, we talk often about like, oh, there's a property in Brooklyn. Like, literally. should we all get in on it? So <laughs> literally was in the group chat about it literally. last week. Literally. Yes. I love it. So let's give some advice to listeners on how they can start their own wealth building journeys. Given that we all come from very humble backgrounds, what advice would you give listeners who want to get started on their own wealth building journeys? 
Yeah. You want to start, Abby? Yeah, for sure. I'd say, you know, I think a lot of people psych themselves out. You start to think, well, I have to have this amount. And if I don't have this amount, then I can't get started. And I would really say you just have to start. The best way to start is to start. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's $10, $100, $1,000, and of course, you know, where we are right now, things are expensive. Things are very expensive right now. So I think it's all about just building a mechanism, making it a habit, getting very familiar with your, the way that I'm psychotic. The way that I have a <laughs> spreadsheet with all of my bank balances, what do I have? I monitor how my net worth has grown. I monitor how my bonuses, how my how my salary has grown. I'm like very diligent about what you measure. But what is it? What you monitor, you can measure? Or what you, what's the, what's the idiom? I don't know what that I, I don't know. Yeah, I know what exactly. I'm talking about. Yeah. If you're paying about. attention to something, yeah. you can you can make it move in the way that you want it to. And yeah. so I think like too often we get nervous, we get psyched out, we get like, oh, I don't even want to think about it. And so you don't think about it. Yeah. And so you just spend the money and you pay your bills and you figure it out after. And I would say, you know, what a lot of people say and what someone told me very early on, pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course, your bills have to get paid and things like that, but also allocate yourself, like send some money to your savings account, send some money to your checking account, make sure that you're putting money into your 401k or your Roth IRA or all of these things, just so that you make sure that you're always getting paid before you start thinking about everyone else and every other responsibility you have. I love that advice. Yeah. What would you add, Gianni? Yeah, so I definitely agree with what Evie said. I am someone who is a bit more spiritually inclined when it comes to my money. And I feel like that has been to my benefit. So it might be a little bit woo woo, but I really like to think of, okay, what's my end goal and who's the person that I want to be. Yeah. So right now, if your habits do not align with that end person that you want to be, then you have to become a new person. Yes. And mm -hmm. really just create a whole new identity and really map out Okay, what is say let's call her Sierra. What is Sierra's a multimillionaire. She Ooh. lives in a high-rise apartment in Toronto. Ooh. Uh she has a she's purchasing another one in Miami. So then what is that daily life of Sierra look like? Yeah. What does her investment portfolio look like? Who are the people that she surrounds herself with? That's the woo-woo part of it, but it's quite logical because you're reverse engineering yes. your pathway to actually get to that end goal. So then you think, okay, like, well, if she's a multimillionaire, she probably has multiple sources of income. What are her multiple sources yeah. of income? Yeah. What are those that appeal to me? And how can I work toward that? So I feel like that's a really great place to start. And then like Evie said, you you just have to do it. You have to brute force your way through the discomfort. Yeah. Especially as you're becoming that new person who does have everything that you want in mind. And with that, really intentionally curate the things that you're consuming. What does your social media feed look mm -hmm. like? Yeah. What does your social circle look yeah. like? If your friends, they want to just go out and party every weekend, there's nothing wrong with that. But maybe you have to expand your friend group to include those who are like, hey, I saw this really great podcast, 9 to Fly. Yes. Let me send you this link. They're yeah, talking yeah. about building generational wealth. Yeah. yeah. Practice being the person you want to be. Exactly. You see the woman that you want to be, practice being her what does she do mm -hmm. and then live your life that way yeah mm -hmm. and eventually one day you'll wake up and you'll be that girl were we talking about this last night yeah i think like, we were talking about this last night literally yeah. like everything that we said five years ago like has happened has happened yeah. you you are the person yeah. if you from five years ago could see you right now actually we've surpassed you did Correct. not okay. gianni you even said like you thought it was going to take you five years yep you're right and yeah. look at you now yeah yep. you're so right yeah 
I think one thing that I would add is I want us to normalize having to take care of our financial traumas. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes for some of us, we understand the mechanics, yeah. but it is the ways in which that we've been brought up. And, you know, I feel like hearing y'all's story is so interesting because y'all grew up very differently than how I grew up seeing money. My mother was not always very frugal in the sense, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, so much that I've had to learn in my generational wealth journey is also just seeing money differently and like working through some of the financial traumas that I just picked up throughout my life, you know? Um, And being able to find like, yes, there are things as like financial therapists and just, you know, seeking out therapy, seeking out counseling and seeking out um, coaches who can kind of help you, you know, for anyone listening, you know, like I just want to make space for that too, you know? absolutely. So let's talk about what's next. Anything y'all want to share or put out into the universe in terms of, things that you're working towards, that you're manifesting, or just big retirement goals <laughs> that you are plotting on. <laughs> She's looking at me like that. Gianna, you want to start? Gianna, you start. <laughs> Honestly, part of the past year and year and a half of my life has been relinquishing control yeah. because I am somebody who has been so laser focused, especially when it comes to generational wealth, that I wanted to make sure that I actually enjoyed the moment for a bit and just express gratitude and what I had accomplished and not feel like, okay, I have now, you know, tripled my income in the past two years. What's next? So I had to just kind of sit down and enjoy myself so that that part has been really helpful. Um, So for me right now, I am really continuing to focus on acquiring those high income skills. That's another thing that I know you love to talk about yes. that we didn't necessarily mention just now, but that's a key part to building wealth. Evie talked about how expensive things are now. We can't just like save, save, save. Like, no, you literally have to be strategic about beating inflation. So for me, as somebody who um, is working in tech, that's acquiring new skills and eventually wanting to do government contracting and a few other options. So mm. I'm looking into business opportunities on that front there. Okay, so I'm that. excited to do that. Okay, I love that. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Yeah, our girl couldn't even go out last night. She was like, oh, I'm studying. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you need friends like that. that <laughs> girl, yeah. girl, it's Friday night. No, I need to be studying and not a Dumbo house with y'all. <laughs> uh, Evie, what about you? What do you want to claim? And yeah yeah so i am turning 30 in two years right Mm -hmm. 2025 and i would love i would love i'm putting it out there i see it for myself i want to gift myself a year off so to your point gianni of like you know there's been so much of i've put so much of a concerted effort into building my wealth over the last few years into manifesting and just kind of having the resources because a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow and i very much held on to this i need to maximize how much i can make as a young person so that i'm set up for later but in doing that there's a lot of stuff where you don't get to take a break where you don't get to relax where you don't get to really sit and enjoy and i'm not trying to sit here and if you follow me on Instagram or anything like that, I'm not trying to sit here and pretend like I don't live a good life. I definitely do. But I do think that there's... I sales every week. Please. <laughs> Madame, please. But I do think... But on sale, though. Got them you all know sale. what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, that you have to be economical. Um, but no, I think that there's a lot of value in trying to find the space to enjoy. Enjoyment is important. Yeah. Um, and I think that too often we're just always 
hustling, 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 trying to get more, do more, have more. And I think that there's a lot of value in taking a little bit of a rest. Because, yeah, I think, like, you won't always be this young, this limber, this healthy. And, of course, we're always praying for health and happiness on our lives. But I think it's important to really enjoy your youth and, like, have the time and space to do it. So I love that. Catch me back in 2025. We'll, we'll follow up. We'll see where I'm at. I'm here for it. Yeah. We will be there. Yes. We'll be there celebrating you. Thank yes, you. Your absolutely. Your gap yes. year. Yes. <laughs> your every year. Yes. Uh, what do I want to claim? I want to claim that I'm scaling finance to a eight-figure business. Period. And I will have a lucrative exit strategy that will allow me to be bi-continental. Between yes. Because... Honestly, the U.S. is so ghetto. And every day I'm reminded that, you know, this is not I don't see myself retiring here. Mm. You know, I don't see myself retiring in the U.S. And I feel like we all talk about this like all the time, like whether it is on the continent, in Central America, the Caribbean. Like I just I know that that's part of my retirement plan is just to have the option to escape the oppressive regime that is the United States of America. So with that. I want to switch gears and get into my favorite segment of the show, the Hottie Hotline, where we are going to all give some input to a question that a listener sent in. So if you have a question that you want me to answer in a future episode of 9 to Fly Pod, check out my show notes for my number to send me a text or voice message, and you just might hear your answer and your question on a future episode. All right, so this is a long question, so bear with me, but I, I think this will be a good one that you can both add some input into. So here's the question. The company I work for keeps mentioning plans of moving me up into management at a location scheduled to open next year. This will offer me more pay and a shorter commute. While I think it may be a good opportunity down the line, the current position that I'm in right now doesn't pay enough to justify the long commute. I'm approaching a year at this job and every month it seems like the new opening is getting pushed further and further back. Now I don't have an exact timeline for promotion. Do I wait for the new promotion or look for better paying jobs elsewhere now? I'm happy to take this one. Please start. I think that too often we exist in a space of this or that. Mm. And I don't really understand why it can't be mm-hmm. the both. Yeah. Right? Uh, my favorite thing. Por que no nos dos? Like, we <laughs> need hey, to. Bilingual need- mommy. No, yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, I think that there's so much value in... Totally, your company is trying to demonstrate that they value you and they want to put you in this position and all of these things, which will be great. But in the meanwhile, it's not working for you. And so in the meanwhile, you can be applying. In the meanwhile, you can be having conversations with people. In the meanwhile, you can be going to conferences and going to, excuse me, meeting different people so that you can put yourself in a position so that you can leverage whatever skill set or leverage whatever relationships you have to propel you forward. And so maybe, hopefully, your company comes through and that thing that's going to happen next year happens in a few months and everything is great and you don't have to worry. But don't block your blessings by not even putting yourself forth. I think that, again, kind of going back to the, we don't start sometimes. We get our get in a little rut of like, oh, I have to be so focused on this. Just start. Just start applying. What's mm-hmm. the worst that happens? You can always say no. Mm-hmm. Just start. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Something I would love to add is it doesn't sound like they're contractually obligated to fulfill whatever promise they might have mentioned. So in that respect as well, you don't have anything in writing. You don't have any sort of security or collateral on that front guaranteeing, like even if they don't 
actually open up that second location that you're going to get some sort of financial compensation. Right. So for me, it's so important to not be overly reliant on one one thing. Uh, and that can apply to so many things in life, yeah. but in Ooh. particular, <laughs> Hello. your employer, yeah. um, their bottom line is to themselves at yep. the end of the day. Yeah, I totally agree. And I would just add for this listener that, you know, you've already put an hour at an hour, Lord, a year into this company. So I think that for a lot of us, we have this fear of, I don't want to seem like I jump ship too quickly, but to Evie's point, it never hurts to see how the market values your skills, what how much more your skills could be worth, and building those relationships so that if you do reach that point where you feel like, yep, now I'm ready to make this move, you're not starting from square one. So thank you, ladies, for chiming in on that question. And just thank you for coming on to my podcast. I really appreciate it. Yes. And I'm just so grateful for the gems that we were able to drop and share with listeners. So if you are listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode of nine to fly pod. Be sure to follow and subscribe across all platforms at nine to fly pod and on YouTube. And I'll catch you next week for yet another episode where I'll be helping you maximize your income, secure the big obnoxious bag and live the hottie lifestyle that we all want and deserve. See ya. Bye. 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 Yay. <laughs>